Hey guys, this is Ring of Honor's Adam Cole, and you are listening to the ROH Cast on ROHWorld.com. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 26 of ROH Cast. My name is Harry, I'm the web designer and co-owner of ROHWorld.com. As usual, I'm here with Stephen, the other co-owner and the editor of the website. Hi everyone. And also John, our executive writer, is with us. How's it going? Uh, we're back to our usual format this week after having a, a few sort of special shows. We had the interview with Adam Cole. Uh, we did the review of 10th anniversary last week, so uh, we're back to normal this week. We're going to start by talking about the latest TV show, which originally aired on Saturday the 10th of March. Um, and unfortunately, I haven't had time to see it yet. I've been very busy with uni work, but Stephen and John have both seen it, so they're going to uh, run through the show and uh, share their thoughts on it, because I hear it was quite a good show, Stephen. Yeah, it was. Uh, I've not watched it since the weekend, so my uh, my memories might be a bit bit rusty. So uh, I'm hoping John uh, will be more up to date with with his thoughts. But um, yeah, I'm just saying I watched it. I really didn't. I'm just kidding. I watched it. <laughs> I was about to say that's the show we've got. <laughs> the podcast, like. and that's the end of uh, episode twenty six. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the the show kicked off with uh, as it usually does with sort of a look back at last week's main event uh, between Roderick Strong and Eddie Edwards and the sort of ridiculous <laughs> ending to the match. Where do you want to talk about the ending? Because uh, we didn't do a show that week. Oh right. Well, I mean, personally, I thought it was ridiculous. Thought it just it made everyone just look a bit stupid in my opinion. <laughs> it was just it was a typical sort of TNA finish. Where I mean, uh, why has a referee suddenly ran down to? To, to say that uh, like, are we going to start having it after every time a heel sort of you know gets a sneaky win he's going to run down and say no no I saw that I just saw that on the TV <laughs> I mean, I just, yeah just little things like that it, they just annoy me because they're just mm. so ridiculous and it's like so inconsistent how they do it yeah yeah so why would he do it that one time like next week when I don't know Champer or something or like wins by interference or something he's just going to sit in the back and not move yeah it, I just I don't yeah I just don't understand that and then you had the stupid ref bump as well and <laughs> yeah I, I I wasn't a big fan of that um anyway yeah um yeah we had the uh, sort of highlights from that uh then onto the show and um Jim Cornette explained the blind destiny challenge that uh, we've all been a bit confused by <laughs> yeah the, the spoilers uh, are very unclear about that weren't they yeah to be honest I don't I don't think the live crowd really like got much because. Cornet was it was actually like um, recorded packages, mm. um, so I suppose they they didn't really know what was going on either. And um, <laughs> it was announced that uh, the three men in the world title match on day one of uh, Showdown of the Sun, so Strong, Edwards, and uh, Richards will be having single matches on day two. Um, with whoever is the champion on day two, he will be defending his belt against whoever he faces. Uh, Roderick Strong will face either Jay Lethal or Kenny King. Richards will take on Michael Elgin or Kyle O'Reilly. And Edwards will go up against Kevin Steen or Adam Cole. Um, their potential opponents were all going to face off uh, later in the show. So, uh, yeah, it was shaping up to be quite a good uh, good show. And I'm glad they explained what the Blind Destiny Challenge is because I was really confused from everything I read, you know, leading up to it. And it, you know, makes a lot of sense because in the past, you know, they kind of had like a wrestler defend the belt on night one, then you know, or have an announced title match on night two. And I, although I don't think any of us expect anybody besides Richards to walk out of night one as the champion, it kind of kind of adds that you know level of you know it could possibly happen, and it, it makes sense to me. I like I like the Blind Destiny Challenge as an idea. Yeah, I think I've got to agree with you there. I think it's quite a sort of creative uh, way to go about it because I think there's all as you said there's always sort of a trouble you know problem with the uh, the two shows on two you know consecutive nights because uh, I suppose on night two if you've got a well, top match on night one, then you're not really going to see any any changes or um, yeah in, in night two. So I think this was as as you said, John. This was sort of a creative way to make things a bit more interesting and to uh, um, sort of get around uh, potential problems. So I thought that was uh, yeah quite a clever thing to do. Um, the first match was Kenny King with Reptiles against Jay Lethal. Uh, before the match, uh, we heard sort of brief promos from uh, from both guys, and then when when Kenny King was going to the ring, uh, I think Kevin Kelly called them the Midnight Express. <laughs> um, well, they, they spoiled the result of this match before the match even happened because they announced that the winner of this match would go on to the Blind Destiny Challenge. Then they immediately 
you know, said this match will, will happen in two minutes right after the break. And then right when they came back from the break, they interviewed the Onyx Express about their dual duel against the Young Bucks at the uh, at the showdown of the Sun before Kenny King even had his chance in this match. So it kind of gave away that he wasn't winning this match when he was going to be taking part in the two matches against the Young Bucks, mm. which I thought I thought was horrible timing on their part to <laughs> have that interview then. Yeah, I think it was. I think Nigel McGuinness kept stressing like, oh. Kenny King said he's going to pull double duty if he gets gets the the shot on night two, and I, as you said, I don't think anyone was expecting King to win, which uh, it was a bit disappointing. But the uh, the match I thought was you know it was it was good enough. Um, Lethal got the win eventually. Uh, lethal combination only got him two actually. But Kevin Kelly was a bit disappointed about that. Did um, he call it right though? I think he did. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, and then King got a two after an O'Connor roll, and Lethal. Sort of just rolled through it, yeah. Yeah, rolled through. It. I didn't really know how to describe it. Sort of rolled through it and got a pin of his own, and uh, quickly pinned King for the three. Um, I suppose John, what did you think of the match? I thought it was a good match. And when I, you know, heard that it was these two going at each other, I knew it would be like a fun athletic contest to watch, and it was. You know, like like you said in the uh, in the TV report, you know, it's a match I'd like to see happen again, except give them more time to like flesh it out and everything. And, but yeah. for what this was, this was a really good way to start off the show and the uh, Blind Destiny, I guess, tournament. I'm not sure if it's the right word, but the Blind Destiny Challenge. And it was just a good, solid match. And usually I'm kind of, eh, when it comes to, like, roll-up endings. But this one worked. It made Kenny King look like a, you know, like a legitimate threat to Jay Lethal when he has been booked like that in the past. And as he and uh, Titus have the World Tag Team title shots, it makes him look, you know, more credible and everything. And I was kind of worried when I saw, uh, what's his, uh, what's his name? Strong come down to the ring. Roderick Strong and Truth Martini. They came down, not not the ringside, but he was like up on the entrance ramp. And I was thinking, oh, great, it's gonna be some kind of weird interference in this match. But it turned out they just kind of stood there and just watched, and that was fine by me. But overall, it seems it was really to be cool. uh, Roddy's new thing, doesn't it? Appear during matches. I'm sure well, Nigel McGuinness actually made some a... reference to it as well. Yeah, I'm I don't sure think he had like, oh, his locker room, so he, if he wants to watch the show, he has to go out there and watch it as well. <laughs> Maybe you should uh, borrow Paul Turner's TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sort of echoing what John said, I, I thought it was, uh, was a good match. and uh, Yeah, it made King look pretty good, I thought, which was uh, quite smart with obviously them getting the win at 10th anniversary. They're obviously going to be building them building them back up when they, uh, you know, when titles coming back sort of full time. Uh, well, one question that's sort of just coming to my head right, like right now when I'm sitting here. Um, obviously, <laughs> Kenny King is only having singles matches because Titus is out injured. And personally, I, I think that Ring of Honor should be doing more, like split, not splitting teams up, but ha- having, you know, tag team wrestlers having more singles matches because I think that's just a really easy way to sort of give people fresh matchups without having to bring anybody else in because mm. I think King's King's quite a good guy as a singles wrestler and I think even Titus is is pretty decent as well. And I mean you look at wrestling's greatest tag team, I think Shout and Benjamin would be you know, I think you could throw him in with that with anyone really. You could even put him in the sort of like a proving ground match against Debbie Richards or someone and um I think Benjamin more so than maybe Haas. I think they've only had the the one singles match, I think it was it was it Death is before the Sunday nine? Where yeah, they, they had, both they, was it against Bennett, Shelton and Ben? Yeah, Shelton and Ben, I think and then it was Haas and Elgin, didn't they? But they also did it at the Supercard of Honor last year. So I remember wasn't it Haas and Richards last year at Supercard of Honor? Oh, was it? I, I can't remember that. <laughs> I, I believe I believe they did it. I could just be making Unless things John is them. dreaming matches, I don't know. I wanna go uh, take a look while while uh, we while y'all keep on discussing, I will look that up. But yeah, I mean, I I think that they should be doing, you know, they, they should do that more of that because as I said, I think it's just an easy way to you know give people fresh maps up without mm. having to bring new guys in, and you know, a lot of the time these you know these guys are just as good on their own as they are in are in teams. So um, yeah, that, that's just something that just ran into my head uh, when <laughs> I was when I was thinking about that because uh, I definitely like to see Kenny King uh, you know, have more singles matches because um, yeah, that that they. Uh, I think they booked him pretty strongly in that match, so uh, I think that bodes well for that in the future. Mm. And I was right. It was Davy Richards against Charlie Haas, and it was Joe Benjamin against Claudio Castagnoli. And that was something good about the Kings of Wrestling. They're a team that you could break up and put in singles matches, like you're saying. And that's what we said, you know, kind of 
left a hole in the roster when they left because they were great as a team and they were great singles wrestlers. And that's something that I think Ring of Honor needs to do more of, like you said, is to split the teams up and have, have like, singles matches to create the fresh matchups like they did, you know, for much of Future Shock's run as a team. They seem to be having just as many singles matches or, you know, appearing on their own in multi-man matches than, you know, just just as many as tag matches. And, you know, it doesn't hurt when they lose singles matches because, you know, it makes the other guy, but it makes the other guy look stronger at the same time because he's expected to win in the singles environment. But, and it still creates the fresh, fun matchups that a lot of fans have been wanting to see for the past six or so months. Yeah, I completely agree with all that, to be honest. Um, going on from, from that match then, uh, we had brief promos from both Adam Cole and Kevin Steen. Um, and then we had the match. Uh, Cole refused to shake Steen's hand at, at the start, uh, which was, uh, I suppose, a bit surprising. Um, well, Steen, Steen spit in his hand, though, like in his own hand. So yeah. I, I might have given <laughs> you a fist bump or something, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, the the match itself. Again, I thought this was a a pretty good match as well. Um, eventually, Steen got the win after a, a lariat and then the F five, which Nigel McGuinness seems to be calling the F sank. I'm not really sure why, but I saw it. I saw something that worked. Isn't it? Isn't that five in French? Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think Steen's calling it that. So I think I think Nigel's caught the Kevin Kelly uh, finishing move uh, disease. <laughs> having to having to rename everything. Police <laughs> 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 Um after the match Steen went to hit the package pile driver on, on Cole, but Eddie Edwards came out to make the save. And this um, is something I didn't understand. During the match it's illegal, right? You, you'll get suspended or fined or whatever you hit the package pile any kind of pile driver. They made this they made a point to say that. But they said after the match it's not illegal to do so. <laughs> Does that make any kind of sense? Not really, like, what, no. You think it, it's you still get a £5,000 fine, though. So. Okay, because they made it seem like, <laughs> oh, whatever you do after the match is okay, by, is, is okay. it doesn't really matter. I was thinking, like, would that make it more illegal to do? <laughs> you think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, that doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure they made... Yeah. Because I, I, I think the whole thing with him going for the pole driver after matches is... He's fine, but as you say, they seem to be really making a point of, you know, this isn't illegal, he can do what he wants now. But <laughs> when he's an employed, you know, mem- member of the roster, then even if he did it after a match, surely Connect should could just go, right, we've, we banned that, you've, you're fired. And if it's but, such a bit, if it's not that big, if it's legal in between Matt, when he's not wrestling, why did all the people rush to the ring to stop him from happening? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I, th- I think I was speaking to Harry before, the show about this, and I think you were surprised that they actually had Cole sort of lose. But I suppose without without seeing it, I, sp- I suppose on just on the the fact that he lost, you I think you'd probably think that. But mm. I think as the match as the, the match actually went, I think he you know he got quite a lot of offense in, and um, up until like the end where Steen obviously yeah, got a Larry and the F five, I think both sort of, both guys were sort of just. Uh, Sort of put over as equal, so I don't, I don't think it really did much damage to him, hmm. to be honest. After the big win at the 10th anniversary, so but the, the problem I had with it though is that they never once mentioned the win he had at 10th anniversary. Probably they never mentioned it was that taped before. But I or suppose then think... still, yeah, they'd, they'd know who was going to win, so they could uh, just say it. Yeah, that just seemed a little weird to me. But you know, I got I was thinking like what y'all were saying, like it could possibly. You know, him losing to Steen, like, right after this, you know, the biggest win of his career could possibly hurt him. But, you know, it made him look equal with Steen. And, and Steen, you know, probably the most overgone roster. So, to be almost equal with him is pretty is a pretty good shape to be in. Yeah, I I, th- I thought it was, uh, you know, it, it didn't do him too much harm, which I thought was, uh, you know, it, it did its job. And I think losing to Steen isn't really going to hurt anybody at this moment in time because I think everyone knows he's... Sort of destined for the world title sooner or later, so um, I think quite a few people will be sort of uh, be losing to Steen in the coming months. Um, after that, we went into this week's Inside Ring of Honor. Uh, Kevin Kelly talked about the showdown in the Sun uh, weekend events, and then we had promos from Roderick Strong and Eddie Edwards. They just sort of kept cutting from one to the other, and uh, I hate to be 
sort of critical of Roderick Strong, but I found his promo to be absolutely dreadful. <laughs> so did he, I. Just, he, he just kept saying, oh, Jim Cornette's oh. decision sucks. Uh, and he, he, like, he didn't have any anger on his face. He, wasn't, he didn't put any emotion into anything. He was just like sitting there and going, yeah, that sucked. That's yeah, disappointing sucked. because I remember when the TV show started, we were saying how improved he was as a character in, on the mic. And yeah, he was. He was much improved. But recently, just I don't know if they've... I mean, he hasn't been getting that... I mean, I can't remember him having sort of much promo time, really. I mean, they've, I suppose he did quite a few, like, the little short uh, like, promos before matches. But this, yeah, this one was... This was sort of like the Roderick Strong of old, where he was just... There was sort of just nothing there, really. There was no emotion or anything. It was just like... You know, he was just like he was reading off a script. There was no sort of anything behind it, which was... Yeah, it was disappointing because... Um, as you say, he's improved a lot since the, the TV show started. So um, I think the problem with Strong is that he's he's being carried a lot in that sense by Truth Martini. Because when you've got someone that good, you know, with, as your manager, then you don't really have to say much. Uh, mm. so you just leave him to do all of it. Well, um, the problem was that they the two seemed mad at their. It, it makes sense that they're mad that the other person's getting the title shot and everything, but they also seem mad that they're getting like the title opportunity just in general is what it came across to me. <laughs> And it, like, it just felt it was like weird, like how both guys kind of uh, gave their promo about the situation, and you didn't ever hear anything from Davy. I'd like to hear Davy's side about how, you know, what he thinks about having to defend it in a triple threat match instead of just what was originally going to be a singles match. Hmm. And I think Edwards kept saying, well, he didn't kept saying, but I'm sure he said at one point that um, he, like, I think he said, oh, I deserve the shot because. Um, and I think he just said, oh, I'm the one that should be getting the shot, not not Roderick. But surely, I mean, Eddie's had two... No, he hasn't, has he? He hasn't, he hasn't had two chances. Damn. He's had one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he has, I mean, he's, he has final battle. Yeah, he lost, the, you know, he lost the title to the, the guy who's the champion now. And he's had, you know, he had his big world title match and you know, mm. he lost that. So really, I mean, they, he should have been out of the title picture now. And I suppose Strong hasn't had a sort of shot for a while. I mean, on the... T- one of the early TV shows he had to, he's rematched didn't he yeah. he's rematched just uh, I don't know what I'm saying tonight <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the pressure of having to read the TV show report see that's why I always mess up I know <laughs> um, we went, then went on to a quick promo from Mike Bennett which was it was basically just the same as the one that he's been doing the last couple of weeks about Lance Storm just saying that he didn't realise he was so popular with the uh, older people and I think this was an American reference because I didn't get it but he said he's going to beat Storm so quickly that he'll still be able to go and get the early bird special yeah they're early bird special can you shed some shed some light on that because I've got no idea what that means that's what old people do like or or like (laughs) stereotypically old people like go to bed early and everything so they have early bird specials at restaurants Uh, for like 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 for like dinner, you get like a discount if you're like there at like four o'clock or something like that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I had a feeling it was something like that, but I just wanted sort of clarification. Um, we then saw a brief sort of video package of the Briscoes and Wrestlers Greatest Tag Teams feud over the last few months. Uh, the Briscoes then did a little promo saying that they they demanded the match in Florida, and uh, I think Jay said that he promised someone was going to be carried out in a body bag or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, it was sort of a simple but effective uh, way to keep the uh, sort of feud going. Um, and then we came to our main event of the evening, Michael Elgin against Kyle O'Reilly. Davey Richards was actually on, on commentary with... Uh, Ooh, how was that? Kevin Kitt. It was, it was actually. <laughs> I actually didn't think it was as bad as, as I was hoping until... until you were the hoping? <laughs> as I was expecting even... <laughs> Um, towards the end, he started getting a bit hysterical, which was it was funny, but it was it was a bit ridiculous. He kept on, yeah. he kept on like get, having to get bleeped out like three or four, five different times. And what? Yeah, like, what like, did he say? I'm sorry for the. He just he just kept saying bullshit all the time because <laughs> because Strong came down to the ring uh, um, like on the apron and Algin got the uh, sort of uh, advantage and. Richards kept saying, "This is bullshit. This is bullshit," and they kept like bleeping out the bullshit. So like, this is, this is, this is. <laughs> I wish they, I wish they'd bring back the, uh, the, uh, 
the uh, ring bells they had. Like, no, I hated that. Because <laughs> that would have been hilarious. Let's do this. Is ding ding ding. This is ding ding ding. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. He, was, he was actually pretty good on commentary. He really like helped build up the importance of this match and helped get over Elgin as even more of a monster. He said at one point, like he worked out with Elgin in Ontario. And in one workout, he saw Elgin bench press 600 pounds and squat 800 pounds, which is just pointless to me. I don't know why anybody needs to be that strong for any reason. <laughs> I'm not sure if, it, if how much that is. or if, <laughs> I'm sure I should imagine it's quite impressive. I know nothing yes. about weights and stuff, but yeah. That, that's, that, that's, that's quite a, it's almost it's like almost half a ton he squatted, which is crazy. I'm not <laughs> sure if they have, have that over there and crazy. Yeah, we do, yeah. Um, yeah Elgin actually uh, won with a distraction that I think O'Reilly had a um, guillotine choking and Strong got on the apron once again Uh, Elgin managed to get out of the guillotine choke and hit a buckle bomb before hitting the spinning power bomb to get the win Um, Davey actually then came down to the ring he he made the the long journey from the, the commentary table to the ring which took him about 10 minutes I think um, and then he came down and briefly brawled with Strong uh, before they uh, escaped to the back. I, I, I thought the ending was a bit, again, was a bit ridiculous. That sort of after the, the match, what happened? I mean, Dave Richard sort of went after Strong, sort of hit one punch, and then Strong moved about a meter away from him, and Davey just stopped chasing him. <laughs> it was just, Strong just, yeah, it was. He was hardly anywhere like away from him, but Dave Richard just seemed to sort of give up on him and couldn't be bothered to run after him anymore. Yeah, that was a bit strange. But yeah, the actual match, I think the first sort of half of the match, I, I don't think was that that good. It was, if it had ended then, I I think I'd have just been like, oh, that match wasn't great. But fortunately, the last half it really built up, and um, you know, I think they they really sort of started to, started to excite the crowd, and there was a couple of near falls and uh, a couple of spots where O'Reilly had the guillotine choking and. Um, They've sort of really building up the, the crowd, and I think it it really worked towards the end. And um, again, Algin, I think we've said before, but I think Algin is probably one of the you know one of the most entertaining guys to watch. Just the, the way he you know he throws people around and how innovative he is with his you know using his sort of strength to uh, come up with some crazy stuff. So uh, there was one point in this match that I was freaking out. They had like O'Reilly like rolled up Elgin and like into a pen attempt, and Elgin picked him straight up out of that pen attempt. Like, somehow, when they were still rolled up, picked him up out of that into a suplex attempt that O'Reilly got out of. But just to see him, some, I don't know how he even did it, but to see him even get into that attempt was just insane to watch. But there are other times, like like, like you said, the first half of the match was kind of just going along, not that great. But I think it really picked up after the uh, spot from the apron where O'Reilly kind of backdropped uh, Elgin from the apron like into yeah. the like everything after that, it really picked up and was really good and really entertaining. Mm. And he actually hit that the running drop kick off the apron. I don't think I've seen him hit that for quite a while. Cause he normally hit it when it was him and Cole. Obviously, they haven't tagged for a while, so uh, I was glad to see the the return of that move. Anyway. Yeah, but that's, um, I like that move quite a bit. Mm. And obviously, we, with uh, all three matches uh, being completed, we then found out that it, on sh- day two of Showdown in the Sun. It was going to be Davy Richards against Michael Algin. So if Davy's still champion, that will be for the the world title. Uh, Roderick Strong just, against Jay Lee. Just Lee's to cut bit. you off, sorry, but does that that doesn't count as Algin's um, survival of the fittest title no, show? No, because I saw in the news in the newswire it said that Martini's been holding off Elgin's title shot and and uh, Strong's TV title shot. Oh, so they're still acknowledging. And, I thought they'd forgotten about his TV title shot, Strong's. To be honest, yeah, the only thing. The only thing in the news wise is they keep saying Trudy Martini keeps holding off their opportunities, but we, you know, ROH matchmakers can make these matches at any time. Yet they they keep saying it. So obviously, whatever Truth Martini's doing, he's working. Yet they keep <laughs> saying Truth Martini can't make these matches, uh, can't postpone these matches forever. We will make them when we want the want. <laughs> and it's just like well, isn't the proven ground rule that you get a title shot within ninety days, as well? I'm pretty I think, sure. I, yeah, I think they mentioned that at some point and. It's been about four months. It's been Strong, a long time. Strong got it at Glory Bayana, didn't he? Which was In obviously November. over 90 days ago. Because that was... When was that? About, about November? No, September, yeah. November? So that's like six months. 
So yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure Kevin Kelly. I remember Kevin Kelly mentioned it somewhere that when they, they introduced the proven ground like the first time, they they said that. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe maybe it's expired and they haven't realised. <laughs> maybe he's got like a sheet of paper like TV title match expires on. <laughs> like a coupon? Is that why they get? Yeah, that, the tr- yeah. Truth Martini's got the coupon. Maybe he's just gonna. When they try to get in, they'll be told, ah, oh, it's expired, sorry, mate, and then that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was the, the end of the TV show then. Uh, sort of overall thoughts. I I think I'd put it up there with one of the best shows so far, to be honest. I think with it, you know, all three matches sort of were sort of intertwined together and it was had a sort of running theme to the whole show, which I thought was, was good. And it was, you know, it was easy to, to keep up with. There was no sort of... Uh, you know, periods where it was, you know, it was boring or you could maybe switch off. I think it was just constant action really for, you know, the 50 minutes or whatever it was. So uh, I think, yeah, I'll definitely put this up there with one of my favourites of the uh, sort of SBG run so far. What, what would you say about it, John? Yeah, I told Harry earlier that I thought it was probably one of the best episodes to to air so far. This is what I, you know, hope they, kind of like the format they take every week, kind of have like a somewhat of a running theme throughout the show, not not necessarily... You know, to this extent where the entire show revolved around one thing, but maybe like a something that leads up to a main event or something like that. You know, just something to tie the whole show together so that it makes you want to keep watching instead of like tuning away at one at some point in the middle. But you know, this is kind of what I've been expecting like the entire time. You know, just constant action, like constant. You know, just good solid wrestling for whatever like the 50 minutes it ran, and I thought it was a really really good show. Probably one of the best. If, if not the best episode so far. Mm, I think if any episode was was going to be used to sort of showcase what Ring of Honor TV show is all about and try and get new fans involved and interested, I think if they showed them this one, then they, they wouldn't go uh, far wrong with it, to be honest. You definitely want, uh, made me want to watch it now, so I'll have to uh, catch up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose we've done our job then, and uh, I'll pass it back to you. Uh, okay. To usual, uh, usual sort of Play-by-play, guys. But it's funny you should say that because now it's time for the news where we passed to John. So uh, <laughs> I've sort of got a week off from everything this week. But uh, as usual, you can always find the news during the week at uh, rhworld.com. Ring of Honor news now. We haven't had news in the last several weeks because we've been having the special podcast with the interviews and the uh, recap of the 10th anniversary show. So the first bit of information this week is actually that we have a new review on ROHworld.com. And Stephen reviewed Homecoming 2012, and he gave it a high score of 8.5 out of 10. Stephen, what did you like so much about this show? Um, it, it sort of just flowed really well. The last four matches were all really really good i think you know even the the first three were you know they, they weren't brilliant but you know they were decent opening matches and then it really sort of just left the second half of the show to really uh sort of blow you away and the, the last four matches were all really good including the main event of uh dave against lethal so um yeah i mean i think anyone can pick up this show you know if you're a new fan or been a rh fan for years i think anyone can pick up this show and really enjoy it so uh yeah a big recommendation to uh, anybody really and we also have a uh, article on some Chikara wrestlers that have been making appearances for Ring of Honor this year that I wrote and it was posted within the last couple of days. It was uh, it it kind of introduces the familiar faces of Chikara who have wrestled in Ring of Honor in the past of Eddie Kingston, Jigsaw, and uh, Hollow Wicked. And I'm planning on writing another article similar to this one that introduces like the not so familiar faces who have made appearances in Ring of Honor this year. Uh, also announced in the last couple of weeks is that, uh, and I think it was announced on the TV show this week, was that at Showdown in the Sun, there will be a duel, duel between All Night Express and the Young Bucks. And uh, on night one, the two teams will collide in a street fight. And on night two, they will wrestle a uh, tornado tag match, which I think is kind of backwards than how it should be, but that's how yeah, it's going. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. They, they keep it's, saying that it's 
that's the order. But then I'm sure they said in the article that there's going to be like a coin toss to determine which one is on which night. So I'm still hoping that they'll see sense and have the Tornado tag match on the first night and then... Because it would just make sense. Like they, I don't know, they, the Young Bucks could sort of just get like a lucky finish in that one. And then the All Night Fest would just keep, just like beat the shit out of them on the, on night two in the street fight or something. So I think that would just make more sense to me, honestly. That's what I was thinking as well. Mm. And also announced is uh, that the former Future Shock teammates, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole, will both get TV title shots in the near future. Kyle O'Reilly will actually get his TV title shot first at uh, night one of Shootout in the Sun against TV champion Jay Lethal. And then at the April 7th TV tapings, Adam Cole will get his shot at the TV title against whoever is the champion at that time. Am I the only one that's thinking, what the hell is the point in doing proving grand matches if they're going to give two guys random title shots? Yeah, I was thinking, like, Roderick Strong is still out of title shot, and... Yeah, especially when they've sure, got someone... Surely Adam Cole should be getting his one first. After his huge win, it was, you know, O'Reilly's team that lost. Why is he getting yeah. rewarded? I don't know. I think it just completely just destroys the whole proving ground concept, because... Mm. I mean, I know O'Reilly and Cole have both been really good recently, but I just think it... Cheapens the whole thing if you're just going to give random title shots. Isn't that. the storyline that Champa has the belt anyway? What's going on with that? I think we've got a listener topic about that, so we'll, ah, okay, okay, we'll leave that for now. But yeah, that's a that's another point, I suppose. Well, speaking of proving ground matches, uh, Rhino has a proving ground match for the uh, Ring of Honor World Championship at the TV tapings in Baltimore on April seventh. I'm a big fan of Rhino. I I really like watching him wrestle, and I. I'd be more than happy to see him become a permanent member of the roster. What What do y'all think? Just like the most random thing ever. <laughs> I'm sure like, I've read it on on a forum or someone tweeted it, and I was like, "What?" I, I just didn't understand it, and then I saw the graphic, and I, I was like, "Oh." And I mean, as you said, I, I I'm quite a big fan of Ryan. I've also always enjoyed his work, really. And... It must just be me that hates him, then. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just you. <laughs> um. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't, you know, didn't have at least a couple more matches because how many did he have? One or two was it? He was brought in as like Prince Nana's bodyguard or something, but then he only like appeared yeah. once. Like, yeah, he wrestled at Best in the World against Homicide in the street fight. Then at Death Before Dishonor, oh, there was a tag match, wasn't tag there? Match, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've always quite, you know, quite enjoyed him. I think again, he brings something different to the roster. I mean, I suppose he's sort of, sort of in the Michael Elgin mold where he's like. You know, quite a power-based wrestler, but and I, I always sort of, I, I love the gore. So, um, unfortunately, we won't have Don West calling it, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Rhino, so I'm interested to see uh, how he gets on. I mean, I don't think anyone's expecting him to win, but um, yeah, I'm, I suppose I, it's I, a, you know a quite well-known name to put over the champion, so that's a, a yeah, that's, that's true, and I'm surprised he hasn't been used more, especially on the TV show, like now and again, it's. That that has surprised me, and it'll be interesting to see if he comes out with the embassy as well, or whether he'll just randomly come out on his own. Because that that wouldn't really make any sense if he. Well, it wouldn't make sense if he came out of the embassy, and it wouldn't make any sense if he didn't. So, <laughs> I don't think it's gonna make sense either way. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's what I, I, I. It seems really random, but I'm hoping it'll be a good match. So. And. uh we have another IP review announced, which will be Best in the World 2012. It will take place Sunday, June 24th at 5 p.m. and is uh, taking place at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City. Uh, last year, we saw the great main event between Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards, where Davy finally captured the title after chasing it for about a year and a half. Do uh, you think anything of that magnitude is going to happen this year? Isn't it like... It'll just be, it's like a few days before Davy's year reign as champion. So I could see, you know, this the match with Steen finally happening there happening there and that'll be when Steen gets the title. Yeah, I think I think we'll see Steen and Richards at, at best in the world. I, I think I kept saying that they were gonna leave it to final battle, but I mean I'm, I'm glad I'm they didn't thinking, listen to you. <laughs> but I was just thinking now and not that's still a couple of months ago, isn't it? And I just I just can't see how they Gonna hold it up until, you know, maybe like a glory Bayana or, or final battle. Just I mean, if they manage it, then, and keep it interesting, then I think they'll do a fantastic job. But I I, I can't see it personally. And am I the am I the only one that's, 
well, obviously we're happy, but why why are they starting the uh, iPad reviews all at five o'clock now? Is it, is it going to be like a permanent thing, or is it a, like a, a random thing for the, the, the this one and obviously tenth anniversary? Well, it might be because both of those happen on a Sunday, and people have stuff like might have to get up early to work the next day, and they're just trying to get it over with. Like, oh yeah, I suppose. Plus, should, uh, you know, it helps the international viewers like us because the time difference isn't so like late in the evening when we want to watch it. Yeah, but I suppose that night one of Shadow in the Sun is a regular, isn't it? Nine o'clock start. So. Oof. It's gonna be late for us. <laughs> is it nine? I think so. Is it? Yeah, I think it's nine o'clock start. So, or is it? I'm not sure. <laughs> it's late, whatever it is. But yeah, it's late. So, I'd like to think that they were sort of thinking, you know, about the international fans, but maybe they aren't. I'm not probably sure. not. No, but we'll we'll think that they are. So, thank you. <laughs> and the last bit of news this week is uh. You can help support a Nigel McGuinness like career retrospect DVD. Um, he has a Kickstarter page to help fund a DVD. Uh, that's going to be a documentary shoot interview of his career. Uh, he asked to raise thirty-two thousand dollars by April 9th, but he has already exceeded that amount by nearly six thousand dollars. Which mm. yeah, he to... met his target really, really quickly, and uh, you know it's good that he's got so much support. And I've personally donated towards it so uh, i'm looking forward to seeing it and uh, i think you should definitely you know check out the website we've got a link to the kickstarter on there and uh, perhaps uh, if you've got any money spare like you know pledge to the uh, project yeah because who knows the more he gets over the over his intended target who knows he might add stuff to the dvd that might have not yeah we spoke we spoke to him about this didn't we Stephen? he was saying that that 32 is basically the minimum and you know any more he does get it's just going to make it even better you know better production more content licensed stuff and you know more ways to promote it and stuff like that yeah i'm i'm not sure if you've seen it but he put a new video on the um what's kickstarter it? On, on this kickstarter page about like saying thanks for um you know all the donations so far or the pledges or whatever and yeah, he said like the the more he gets, the more he can sort of you know buy content from. I suppose he'll have to buy you know from Ring of Honor, I suppose like content of his matches. Yeah, license and, uh, to put it on the DVD. Use, I sort of imagine music's quite expensive as well. I suppose he could he could use like music people know rather than random sort of clips from uh, you know bands no one's ever heard of. So he could mm. use freesound.org. Um, <laughs> it could be. I'm not sure who uses that. Very unprofessional people, but. Um, <laughs> And I think he also said that uh, he's, he's maybe even if he gets you know well over his target that he's he could possibly enter into like film like film festivals or stuff like that. So yeah, a lot, definitely a lot of potential for it. So uh, yeah, that that would that would really uh, that'd be quite cool because you know independent wrestling's never really sort of got you know that sort of that widespread. So that that'd be that'd be quite interesting to see. Uh, you know, if you managed to get it that sort of far, that that that'd be really cool. But. Uh, yeah, just what you know, what Harry said. Really, if you've got any spare cash, then you know the, the amount of just sheer effort he put into Ring of Honor, the amount of ma- amazing matches he had, and mm. so that, that's basically the reason that he's you know he's had to stop wrestling. You know, just because, because yeah, of, because of matches like those, yeah, because of all the you know the, the amount that he went to just to please the fans and to you know try and achieve his dream is the reason really he hasn't. So uh, I mean, the the you know. The least we can do is just, you know, even if you give him five dollars or whatever, just you know, a little bit to say thanks. Then I think, you know, to say every little bit, every little help. So uh, hopefully he'll, you know, he'll get another uh, thirty dollars, uh, thirty thousand dollars or whatever. So uh, that'd be uh, pretty cool. Yeah, there's only a one dollar minimum to pledge to back the project, but if you pledge ten dollars or more, depending on how much you pledge, you get certain perks. So and the and those perks begin at ten dollar pledge and looks to increase every. Ten five to ten dollars after that. So until he gets up into the hundreds, then so the more you pledge, the better perks you'll get, which I think is pretty cool. Mm, I think the minimum to get the actual physical DVD is thirty dollars. I think. Yeah, I think it's thirty in the US and thirty-five international. Yeah, that's for to. I think you get like the signed signed eight by ten. Yeah, and then the online link to watch it online and a physical copy as well. Yeah. And that wraps up the news. Okay. Yeah. 
Thank you for that. We're now going to head to uh, listener sort of topics and questions. Uh, you can send those in any time during the week. You can tweet us at rh underscore world. Facebook page, facebook.com slash world. You can email us, contact at rohworld.com. And there's, oh yeah, the forum, uh, rohworld.com slash forum. And uh, Stephen's got uh, all the questions for us. <laughs> I do. Thank you for that amazing intro. Um, we've got a few on Facebook. Thanks for sending them in. Alex from Greece says, "Which is your favourite heel turn or face turn in ROH history?" That's quite a tough one. Hmm. It's hard to go against Steens against El Generico. That's probably like, the first one most people are going to think of. That's what yeah. jumps to my mind straight away. But I'm sure we're missing. Something. The Jimmy Jacobs Age of the Fall was uh, was great. With the, one of the Briscoes, I believe it was Jay Briscoe, hanging from the rafters, you know, as he as he was like dripping blood after the uh, ladder war, and Jacob's just standing under him, giving him the, giving like the original Age of the Fall speech and everything. That was great. I think it's it's much easier to pick like a hail turn because the, you can't really like you can't really do a face turn like a single thing, can you? Like with a hail turn, you can just sort of, you know, like Steen did, you can just sort of low blow someone or just, you know, do something really sort of impactful whereas a face turn it's sort of a gradual thing isn't it whereas mm. um i suppose like in recent times the anx and briscoe sort of double turn at was it Man- manhattan mayhem four last year that was that was pretty cool to see them both sort of turned it was basically even from like the start of the match to the end of the match even in that like 15 20 minutes they they went sort of full full spectrum both of them just like both turns so i thought that was quite cool what about the amazing double turn at final battle I knew you were going to mention that. <laughs> yeah, that, that would definitely be up there as well. I think that's a historic moment. I think that would go under. We'll never forget that. No, definitely not. <laughs> um, next one is Aaron. He says, "How would you like to see the Steen versus Davy feud pan out, pan out over 2012?" I think Steen needs to win on his first try. Yeah. Because we've seen, you know, happen quite a few times where the person that everyone wants to win the belt takes too long and too many attempts to win it and by the time he gets the belt no one really cares anymore yeah and i think, I think... davy as champion now in his current sort of character isn't that exciting and i think it'd be much more interesting with steen as the champion and then davy as some sort of heel or something something different well the only way i can see it him not winning the title on the first attempt would be if he does the package pile driver during the match and Kind of gets the match thrown out, but you know is the one standing tall at the uh, afterwards. Like kind of having like the bragging rights that he took the champion out. That's the only way I can see it, him not winning on the first attempt. But I, but his uh, his whole build up has been about him taking the title off Davy, so that I, that wouldn't really make sense, would it? Like, why would he be willing just to take, you know, to lay him out when he's mm, basically yeah. been saying I'm going to take your belt? And he wants the belt more than Davy, I think, because he even said like he wants Eddie to win the belt now so he can take it from him. Uh, um, showdown in the sun. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Okay, never mind what I said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think from you, what Harry said really is, I think Steen is, has got to win on this first attempt. I mean, I think a couple of people on our forum have been saying that maybe he should get it at the Toronto event, but I think it's going no to have to be on see it. <laughs> yeah, it's going to have to be on our pay-per-view, isn't it? Or at least a big show. But I suppose that the next big one really is going to be best in the world after the uh, showdown in the sun. So I I just can't see it not happening there. And... and it'll be a perfect point, you know, almost a year as with Davies champion Steen, you know, stops him from getting a full year, just to add sort of intensity to the feud or whatever. Yeah, I think that I think that's going to happen. Very, so I think it, it makes sense. So um, I think that's the way they'll go. Um, the third one from Facebook is from Macklin. He says, why does Jay Lethal still have the TV title? And, and to Alec, answer Alex, who asked about the favourite heel and face turns, it's a favourite heel turn, Punk. Favourite face turn. Oh, I forgot say, about Punk, yeah. Yeah, I'd have to say Brent Albright in 2008 when he turned on Sweet and Sour and powerbombed Hagedorn from the ring to the outside through a table. I was there in New York to live to see it. I think that's one of the moments that if you're there live, then it's something that you wouldn't forget, isn't it? So, <laughs> um, so yeah, why does why does Lethal still have the TV title? I think that's a question we've been asking ourselves. Do, do you mean... Like, does he mean... <laughs> He's actually the champion, or physically having the title after Embassy stole it. 
No, I think he. I think he means why is he still champion? Uh, that's a very, very good question. We'll have to ask Cornette or whoever booked that. <laughs> because I think he should have lost it the last two times on iPay-Per-View to who he was wrestling. Because I think whoever he was wrestling, either Bennett or Ciampa, would have benefited from having the title more than Lethal is. Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, he's had a good reign. He's had some good defences, put on some great matches and... You know, he's such a big name. He's ready to move up to the main event. He doesn't, like, need the title anymore, where I think it would, as John said, it would help guys like Bennett or Champa a lot more to get them over. Yeah. That segues nicely into our next one. He's from Denim Dave. That's a strange name. Um, he wants to know, how does Tommaso Champa fit into the TV title picture at Showdown in the Sun? As night one, it's, uh, as we said, lethal against O'Reilly, and night two, it's lethal against Cole. Uh, how well, it's against Roddy, isn't it? Is it? Oh yeah, Cole's got the one that TV. He's got the TV taping, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Dylan Dave told me some wrong information. Um, so yeah, I mean, with those matches being announced, and obviously Champ has stolen the title, hasn't he? And yeah, you know, it, was, it was a time limit draw, so he's, he's going no to get, winner. Yeah. He's going to have to get a rematch. And if it's not going to happen there, then you think it's going to happen at Best in the World, which means Ugh. that. Lethal's going to still be champion coming into best in the world. That's ridiculous. They really should have just given, you know, um, Lee Champa the belt at 10th anniversary, which we said quite a lot last week on our review of the show. So, uh, yeah. That, I'm not sure what they're going to do here because how is he going to defend the belt? He doesn't even have it. I, I don't know. I mean, I think they'll probably play up to some sort of storyline for that, but surely Champa would just want the title shot as soon as possible. That Yeah, that, I think they've backed themselves into a corner here. They're just. Mm. I'm not, I'm not sure how, how they're going to get out of it, to be honest. It's yeah, just... it's very strange. Yeah. Uh, and we have a couple from our forum. Um, Daniel Bryanson says, uh, I've sort of already covered this, in your opinion, where should, where will Steen and Richards take place? I think we're all unanimous and best in the world 2012, aren't we? Mm. Yeah. Mm. And do you think Richards should turn heel? Definitely. I think definitely. Af- afterwards, definitely, yeah. I mean... I don't think it made much sense to have him turn heel before the match, but I think afterwards he's definitely. I think, I think it's a, it's a similar sort of situation to Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team. I don't think it's as sort of as far as that one, but I think obviously portions of the crowd are being negative towards Davey and maybe aren't enjoying his sort of character at the moment. So I think they should just play up to that and. I think probably just have Davey go with the whole, you know, MMA superior to wrestling. I think, you know, him, Cornette, O'Reilly, and maybe even give me a 20-year-old Kazina could make <laughs> some sort of good faction. You don't have to have Kazina wrestle, but, you know, there could be some great sort of anti-wrestling MMA is better sort of heel faction with Cornette sort of perhaps almost aligning with them. I'm not sure if uh, I'm not sure if Cornette would fit in, Cornette? Cornette would fit in that, though, because... Especially if it was like a pro MMA thing. Cause oh, yeah, perhaps if it wasn't pro MMA, but more just sort of the serious, Steen, Steen, serious yeah, sports fighting. Steen isn't what Ring of Honor is. Because, you know, him and Steen and Cornette bounce off each other so well that that should yeah. sort of continue. And, course, I mean, obviously you didn't hear the the commentary uh, that Richard was saying, but he also was being like talking strangely about Steen and saying, like, oh, yeah, we all know he's actually he's not he's not a wrestler and he's just a phony and when I get in the ring I'm going to show him up for who he is but if he's not a wrestler and he's a phony then how bad are the rest of the roster that he's just ripping through <laughs> yeah I thought that too yeah it just it seemed a really strange comment and especially with the uh, the homecoming DVD as well with Mr. Bill Berger on commentary <laughs> who <laughs> I think I, I think we said that before this that um he commented on Pro Wrestling Respect, which was obviously the Ring Runner Academy, basically. Um, he how, how was Bill Berger? I think that was his debut, wasn't it, on commentary? He was, I think it was his debut. And apart from random grunting at, at big spots, which was really, really strange, I think it's one of those things that you have to hear to really sort of, you know, experience. I, I think Ring even... of Honor would allow us to put a sound clip somehow in the podcast. I don't know if that Ooh, is... and the, Even Kevin <laughs> Kelly, he just... For some reason, his his volume, like the whole DVD, was really low. Who Bill Berger's Berger, or, or no, Kevin Kelly? So you couldn't understand, like you couldn't hear a word he was saying. But Bill Berger just kept going ah ah, <laughs> and it, just, it was it was strange. 
Yeah, and when Steen had his match with um Oh, who was it again? Kenny King. Kenny King, that was it. Um he he said something like, Look at Kevin Steen, he's out of shape, he's he's fat, he can't even afford or he hasn't even got proper wrestling gear. <laughs> this guy isn't you know, this does this guy doesn't represent Ring of Honor. It was like that's that's a ridiculous thing to say. Like, saying he didn't represent Ring of Honor and that he's like an outsider, fair enough, but say he's fat and out of shape and and especially after what Richards has said on the recent TV as well. I mean, I'm all for sort of you know, slagging a guy up because he's you know, he's an outsider and stuff, but when he's been every single guy on the roster, I don't think you should be saying, Oh, this guy's awful and this guy's terrible because he's quite obviously not if he's winning every <laughs> single one of his matches. That's just it's one of those little things that just annoys me. I think it's just it's probably me just being really nitpicky and stupid, but yeah, that those sort of things just annoy me. And I believe that's the end of the listener topics for this week. Okay, so that um unless we've got anything else to discuss, I think that wraps up this week's show. Yeah, I think it does. Okay, uh, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you've got any questions or comments, you can uh, send them in during the use during uh, using the methods I said earlier. I'm not going to repeat them all, but uh, thank you for listening, and uh, thank you to Stephen and John for joining me. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And we will see you all next week for episode 27. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to ROH News Weekly or something like that. <laughs> but, uh, that was yeah, perfect. Echo. Okay. <laughs> what is going on? I, was, I got like, the craziest echo ever. This is the like, most botched thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is terrible. I played the 45 second music and he's like. Oh, that's me. You had like 45 seconds to come up with what you were going to say. And he's... <laughs> oh, my God. Do I have to play the song again? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, oh my face hurts.